What is going on, Dolphins fans? This is your host, Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, the first wave of some rumors trickling out of Indianapolis, as well as reacting to former Locked on Dolphins host Travis Wingfield's sit-down interview with Miami Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel and general manager Chris Greer. Tap in. Let's get it. Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins. Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. Here, boots on the ground in Indianapolis. Today is day one of the 2022 NFL Combine. Of course, yesterday was a travel day for me, uh, but we have NFL head coaches and general managers on podiums today in Indianapolis at the convention center uh, as our precursor for a lot of NFL draft prospects, uh, spending time on the podiums, getting workouts, poked and prodded, and then eventually the on-field workouts. But as we talked about yesterday on the show, a lot of the value for teams is not the stuff that happens on the field. And a lot of the stuff that's valuable for teams is not even the stuff that happens in interviews with prospects. This is a business area. There's a lot of business decisions being made. And we've already got one rumor uh, that we'll talk a little bit about, and it's a Subject that we've broached quite a bit here on the show involving tight end Mike Gusecki. Uh, the Dolphins to celebrate. I don't know that it was necessarily to celebrate, but it was uh, indeed marking the occasion of the arrival of the NFL Combine. Released a, a sit-down interview that former Locked On Dolphins host Travis Wingfield, now with the team, uh, Drive Time Podcast, and uh, the, the writer team writer, uh, did with... New head coach Mike McDaniel and general manager Chris Greer. What a one-two punch of an interview that is. So, Travis, kudos to you for uh, getting that opportunity and sit down. And and highly recommend you guys check it out for yourselves. Uh, It can be found on YouTube, uh, Miami Dolphins. But uh, there's some some exchanges in there that I thought were, were very interesting and worth our time in discussing and following up on here on this platform as well. Uh, what we're not going to do is we're not going to give any credence. We're not going to give any life to the latest Mike Florio rumor as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins because he likes to uh, just, he knows this team, you put it in his headlines, it's going to get a reaction and they are very much (laughs) an outlet that thrives on being in the news cycle. So Mike Florio's Latest rumor from Pro Football Talk talking about Sean Payton and Tom Brady and some master plan. Like, we're not going down that rabbit hole. Okay? That's until somebody other than Mike Florio talks about that storyline, we're not going to spend our energy here on him on the show. There's much more productive things that we can place our time on, including. Uh, this one from Pro Football Network. Uh, source, Dolphins Mike Kiseki, Browns David Njoku, 
could be franchise tag. This comes from Mike K, who's a new addition to that group over at Pro Football Focus. And I know Mike, and Mike is a very good reporter. Spent some time in the Philadelphia area, was hired this past week. Uh, and this is one of the first contributions that he have. Um, and here's the blurb that's of interest from Mike K. Both, both Gasecki and Njoku are viewed as candidates to be franchise tagged by their respective teams ahead of next week's deadline, a league source who was granted anonymy said on Monday. The tag is valued at around $11 million for tight ends this season. According to the source, $11 million is, quote, a very reasonable number in the current tight end market. Hooray. <laughs> when we covered the tight ends and we talked about Mike, the only unacceptable pathway forward for me was for Mike Gasecki to leave this team without you protecting yourself to have the opportunity to dictate where he goes and get compensation in return. The Dolphins are number one in salary cap space. They are not going to recoup a comp pick for 2023 if Gasecki walks because they're going to outspend in net what they let out the door. Now, if they were dead last in cap space and they let Gasecki and Agbo walk, you'd probably get two threes out of that for 2023. But I'd also venture to guess you might be able to get better than a late three fringe top 100 pick for Mike Gasecki. The only unacceptable pathway is letting Gasecki leave in free agency and not getting any compensation for him. So the franchise tag, because that $11 million, this source is absolutely right, is a very reasonable number in the current tight end market. So either he plays for $11 million this year, or you find a dance partner and a trade partner that you feel is willing to, to pay you what's worth your time. And I think if you can get a two for Mike or the value of a two, you, know, you have a, a reasonable opportunity on your hands to recoup your asset. I mean, you, you traded or you drafted Mike in the second round. You got four years of play out of him. If you let him leave and you get a two in return, well, you're net neutral, but you also are not net neutral because players are depreciating assets. They're like a car. You buy a car, you drive that thing off the lot, it loses 20% of its value. That's kind of just the nature of the beast and the volatility of the NFL. Now, of course, replacing Mike Isecki is a different conversation, and that's why we keep breaking up the name Dalton Schultz on this podcast. But I digress. Um, this report from Mike K suggests that the Dolphins view Gasecki as a strong franchise tag candidate, and that would indicate good process for the Dolphins. You know, and that, that's, you know, we, we spent some time on this concept too. Process versus results. Bad process would be, well, you have a young player who's one of the most productive players at his position. We have a scheme change. He might not fit. So we're just going to let him walk. That's bad process. Good process is, well, we have a young player who's been one of the most productive players at his respective position. We have a scheme change. We might want to go in a different direction. And we have short-term flexibility with the opportunity presented by the franchise tag to tag this player. 
and either let him play and show that he can play in this system or find a trade partner that's going to give us what's worth our while and then we'll move. That's good process. Hearing the Dolphins are reportedly, according to Mike Kay, um, in the state of mind that they will be conducting the latter is, in my eyes, a win for the start of the offseason. Now, of course, there's the other side of the coin with Emmanuel Agba, because you can only use a franchise tag once. And here's the thing about the franchise tag with Gusecki. If Gusecki comes in and he plays, and he plays with similar levels of production, but the Dolphins aren't sold, continue to not be sold and infatuated with his fit within the system. You get to franchise tag a guy twice if you want to. We could be looking at, even if the Dolphins choose to franchise tag him, but nobody gives him something that they feel is worth their while and, and uh, worth his skill set, you could tag him again. And I believe it's, it's a 20% increase the following year. So for tight ends, you're talking another $2.2 million. So you could get a, you'd effectively get a two-year $24 million contract of, of just fully guaranteed money for Mike Gusecki in 2022 and 2023 if you don't find dance partners and you can still keep this player in your midst in the short term and he's just getting paid high-level um, compensation relative to the rest of his market. That, for me, still feels like a no-brainer. you got to be able to find some value for him. Now, if you get to the end of the road and you exhaust all your options, this is what the, the Washington commanders did with, with Brandon Scherf is they deferred, they franchise-tagged him twice, they ended up getting two more years out of him. Before now, he's at a point where he's probably ready to leave him free agency because uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to work out a long-term contract. And the best way to piss a player off is to put him on the franchise tag for two years. Players covet long-term stability, long-term roadmap map of guaranteed money. Because if a player gets hurt on the franchise tag, then they have lost a lot of opportunity to earn with their long-term contract. So that pathway would guarantee Gusecki's not in Miami beyond when they have uh, control on, on his playing contract. Football season may be over, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best option for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let's talk Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer interview with Travis Wingfield. I think that the, one of the more interesting uh, snippets from this interview was Coach McDaniel talking about the team salary cap situation. You know, uh, he alluded to uh, the fact that, yes, the Dolphins have more cap space than anybody at their disposal, but... Uh, they want to be smart with how that money is spent. And there's a quote here that was pulled courtesy of Dolphins Wire that I thought really encapsulated the spirit of what I wanted to discuss here on the show. And it's from Coach McDaniel during the interview. It's not like mom's allowance she just gave you that you're like, hey, we have some money, let's go spend it. 
flexibility for sure that matters but then that doesn't always mean you have money you can spend it which is why i rely on chris so much because he's like mike now let's think about it and that's a huge part of the process that coaches can be short-sighted at times so you need proper balance when talking through anything especially salary cap and spending limits while this is true and while I don't doubt that Miami will be, one thing that we've seen with Chris Greer is Chris Greer has his price. And if you are going to extend beyond his price, the Dolphins are probably going to say, okay, well, Godspeed and good luck. Since Chris Greer has taken control of this team, he has very much been someone who is willing to pay top dollar, but he's not willing to be manipulated and strung along. And I think the Trey Flowers perspective is a good example of that. If you remember in 2019 when the Dolphins were just starting their rebuild and they were very, very interested in Jadavion Clowney and Trey Flowers. Well, Trey Flowers... That process, they were in free agency, and they're bidding back and forth with Matt Patricia's Detroit Lions, two former Patriots disciples going after a Patriots defensive end, and the Dolphins eventually bowed out. And the reason why they bowed out was because Trey Flowers, eventually his contract got to an average of 18 and a half or $19 million per season, and that was considered, quote, too rich for our blood at that point in time. And as a case in point, in three years in Detroit, Trey Flowers has played in 29 games, so less than 10 games per season, and has 10 and a half sacks. He had seven in year one, two sacks last year in seven games, and played in seven games again this year and had one and a half sacks. He has six quarterback hits over the course of the last two years combined. Awful, awful deal. And that's what you gotta that's what you gotta worry about when you get wrapped up in the rat race. So I don't doubt that. Chris Greer has a different perspective, has more of a long-term scope of the ramifications of, of going crazy in free agency. But I can't help but feel that there's a little part of me that doesn't buy that Miami isn't going to say, we've got money, let's go spend it. Because if you're Chris Greer, You've now made a critical decision with hiring your second head coach since being installed as the unquestioned leader of football operations. Brian Flores, three years, now Mike McDaniel. And the Dolphins, while they are undoubtedly better, I do feel like this rebuild has now reached an intersection where the expectation is to win. And Stephen Ross told us such when they opened the new team facility last summer. He said, if you can't win here, you can't win anywhere. So that's the expectation is to win. And Miami, 19 wins, is the 10th most wins in the NFL in the regular season over the last two years combined. That's great. But you haven't made the playoff side of time. And now you've made a coaching change. And you're potentially, depending on how this season goes, looking at a quarterback change which was a decision that Chris Greer was serving as the general manager for. 
this year's got to go right. <laughs> this year has to be a success. I can't help but feel like there is pressure inside for Chris Greer's strategy that's built for the last three years to pay dividends in a way in which it has not paid yet. And that is postseason appearance and some postseason success. My grand in Miami hasn't had postseason success since what, 2000? January of 2000? It's been 20 years? Dolphins one of two teams in the NFL to not win a single playoff game over the last 20 years, I believe. The other is the Detroit Lions. You mean to tell me if, if all this stuff happened this offseason and we come back and we go 9-8 and eight again after another round of, of reinforcements to the roster boot through both free agency in which you were the number one uh, salary cap going in and another NFL draft that they're not going to look at the decision makers at the top of, of this build and they're not going to look at having two first-round picks and probably high-level free agent spending money again next year because you're going to strategize how you structure your, your cap hits. I'd put a couple of big cap hits in the front end of this year, or else I'd, be, I'd start. You know, if I'm Chris Greer and I got to win and I feel the pressure to win, yeah, I'd probably backload a couple contracts. Sign a guy to $12 million and put $5 million of the cap hit in this year give him minimum salary this year, give him a big fat signing bonus in year one, and you no know, year two is going to be a, a down year for you as far as new cash flow income for, for salary cap purposes, and then year three and year four, you're going to have very high-level numbers of, of cap commitments. And I know to this point in time, we've applauded Chris Greer and his strategy for how he's approached contracts because it has afforded the Dolphins in year four of this rebuild since 2019 with optimal levels of flexibility. But at some point, you got to win. And Chris Greer's not going to get extra bonus points if he doesn't manufacture the team to get to a point of success that's going to meet Stephen Ross's standards, and then he leaves and the next guy comes in and says, oh, well, credit Chris Greer. He gave me a lot of flexibility to work with. Chris doesn't care about that. Chris should be caring about job security and winning. Because that's what it's all about in this league. So I just feel like with the intersection of where this rebuild is at, Chris Greer should feel, at least in my opinion, some level of urgency to get outside the guidelines that he's been operating in over the course of the last three years. You should be a little bit more eager to be aggressive and bring in players. Now, don't go crazy, right? But I think it is interesting that Mike McDaniel sits down and, and mentions oh, Chris Greer very much helps me because he talks about long-term flexibility and, and ramifications. Coaches tend to be short-sighted at times, and you need balance. I, I think Chris is kind of at the point in his tenure as the unquestioned general manager of this football team in which he should be a little short-sighted. He should be eager and apprehensive to get those wins on the books for him and get postseason success in 2022-2023. That's this season. 
RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Last thing I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit today is... Well, something we may see get some traction here in Indianapolis. There's no reason why it couldn't, other than just the processing of a deal that, that's agreed upon. But I'm thinking about Calvin Ridley. And we've ex- exhausted this opportunity from a handful of different angles. But much of the compensation that's proposed for Calvin Ridley... Uh, and his circumstances. He played in five games this year, so he missed 12 games. But this is a player who, oh, 6'1", 190 pounds. He's a lean frame, but he's not a small guy. And he played in his first three seasons in the league, all 16 games, 13 out of 16, and 15 out of 16. He had a high water mark in 2020 with 90 receptions for 1,374 yards and 9 touchdowns. He had 10 touchdowns as a rookie in 16 games, uh, on 64 receptions. He's 28 career touchdown receptions on 380 catches. This is a highly productive football player. And with that eagerness that, in my opinion, this team should feel um, to win and get the right pieces around a young quarterback into a tongue of Aloha. The fact that much of the proposed compensation for Calvin Ridley is conditional, I think really makes this an intriguing opportunity for the Dolphins. Because he, he's, from a cap perspective, looking at an $11 million cap hit. If you compare that to I mean, just the franchise tag is $18 million for wide receivers. This is $7 million below, quote-unquote, market value for a player in a one-year fully guaranteed contract because he's playing on his fifth-year option as a rookie from from that draft class in 2018. So $11.1 million versus 18 for the franchise tag you are looking at deferred compensation until you know what you got from him as a player. Now, in a perfect world, you could trade it too, but maybe you front load this deal for Calvin Ridley if you want to seal the deal that you're going to get him as a player and you pay a high-risk premium for 2022. But if I'm a team and I want to give fair opportunity for compensation relative to who he is as a player, well, I'm given a, a round three, round four pick this year and a conditional draft pick in 2022 that could escalate up 
to a, a second or, or first round pick. Now, heaven forbid Miami gets in a position that they are giving away a conditional pick and have to choose which pick to give away. But if you could tell me I could give away a, out, a, a outside of the top 100 draft pick this year and a conditional pick that's based on performance and availability in 2022 for the 2023 compensation pick that goes back, and you, you're not going to find a better opportunity to go out because if, if this player hits, then you are securing yourself a very high-level wide receiver and you're, you financed it for 12 months for very low cost. So I don't know what offers Atlanta is going to get for Calvin Ridley as far as we are going to give you X in 2022 for you to invest in 2022. I don't know what those offers are. And if that market gets super hot, if teams are offering early second round picks, late first round picks for Calvin Ridley in 2022, that's where I little get that's where I get a little bit more apprehensive because we we don't know the full details of Calvin's time away from football in 2021 that was spurred on by some personal matters. We don't know what that context is. But if a team is like, hey, we'll give you a pick in the 20s in this year's draft, I don't know that that's the market that would excite me. But if you told me that the market was conditional picks in 2023 and a, a small investment or a relatively speaking small investment for 2022, that still leaves you flexibility to make more noise with that 2022 draft selection if you feel like that's the appropriate course of action for you. And that would be a really exciting maneuver for me. So kind of just weighing in on that Calvin Ridley situation, as I know that that's a potential move for the Dolphins that Dolphins fans have a lot of opinions on, and that, that's kind of where I'm currently at with that situation. Uh, NFL Combine starts Today, a lot of business going to be conducted this week, so make sure you stay plugged in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Make it a good Tuesday, and I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. Fins up.